right. This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Wow, that was a little loud. Sorry about the music. (laughs) We bring back Alicia Von Kobergen and Dana Lunthal. How are you, ladies? We're great. Thanks. Thanks. We're good. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now, uh, for those um, who listen to the podcast, on episode 46, we had Alicia Von Kugel again. This was in the middle. It was in December, December 2017. We did a, I was on stage with you for uh, Civil War Christmas. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) And uh, now you're back. You guys are in a show. It is, let me just pull it up right here. Uh, I see the role players ensemble. It's not all my sons. It no, is. You gotta uh, keep scrolling through. Keep scrolling. Right, right. Other desert cities, honky. They've got a lot there of stuff. There Mystery of Irma. They changed the picture. I've always heard. I, I can't wait to talk about that because I've always heard about that. Pl- heard of the play. I've never heard anything about it. Oh. The Mystery of Irma Vep. Yes. Yeah, so we will definitely be talking about that. And I, as I ask you every uh, podcast, and we missed one. How was your week? How was your uh, couple of weeks? Couple of you, weeks you've been, been doing busy. Everyday Alice, right? I've been doing everything, it feels like. I'm Everyday Alice. I did a role-playing gig. I started teaching in Nueva. I will start teaching another class tomorrow. Wow. Oh, wow. goodness. And by, by Thursday, I was just done. I have a Thursday night class that I teach, and I walked in and went, okay, we were going to do voice work tonight. We're not doing voice work. <laughs> you guys just, let's work on your monologues. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a little under the weather, but, uh, you know, working, you know, <coughs> keeping busy, that's what it's all about, right? It's, it's exciting. <laughs> oh, and two readings. Yeah. Uh, oh. did Richard Talavera's reading, put that together uh, two weeks preserve. ago. Yeah. And tomorrow uh, there's a reading at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, the play is called A Game of Dominoes. All right. Cool. Um, now, that should so. be interesting. Yeah, and Craig's in it, so. Craig Dickerson, yeah, we got to get him back on the uh, the show. You weren't here when I interviewed him, but um, no, that's fantastic. Um, so let's see, um, we've got some a little bit of current events, but actually, so Kim Donovan, she wrote, and she was like, "Listen, if, if there's going to be a, a yay thing, mm-hmm. I want She wanted to talk about. Um, let me let me pull up because I've got Facebook here. Mm-hmm. You know, we can also get into there was some current events. Uh, the Luke Perry died. I don't know if you guys have any memories of Luke Perry. <laughs> Beverly Hills uh, 90210 like, okay. and that sort of stuff. That's right. I, 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 it I, is I, sad just because he was so young. I mean, yeah. he was our age, and like that's not right. I think yeah. he's a little older. He's a little older, but, but not a lot. Too young, too young, young to go. Or too like young that. to mm-hmm. go. Too, way too young. It was bizarre. But yeah. I, I missed the show. When the show was out, I think I was out of the country. And I never watched it. It just wasn't my I. cup of yeah. tea. But I mean, he but was I knew cute. That he was, right. <laughs> I knew he was cute, and I knew he was outspoken. Yeah. I liked him. I liked him in the original movie of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was wonderful. <laughs> oh, he was awesome. I missed that one. Yeah. Um, oh, you gotta go find the original movie. Yeah, it's I got, so I got. stupid. <laughs> but good. It's, it's wonderful. Fun. No, it's yeah. wonderful. I love it. It's wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with uh, Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. That's what? right. Was that yeah. post post whatever he did, Paul Rubens? Uh, because remember I he don't remember his trouble. the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I don't remember the timeline. It yeah, might Probably have before. been. Yeah, he may have been on his comeback. It, it might thing. have been. Yeah, but I mean, he's hysterical. <laughs> as a, Really, really dingy vampire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Luke Perry. Yeah. No, no, no. Luke no, Perry is no. the love oh, interest. Oh, Paul Rubens. Oh, Paul interesting. Paul Rubens was the yeah. dingy vampire. <laughs> I got to check it out. It's hysterical. No, Luke Perry. Uh, it was wonderful. Luke Perry played 
basically played the girl, the girl yeah. in distress. Right. So he funny. Was he was the boyfriend. Oh, cool. But he was always being rescued by Buffy. By the woman. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's very cool. cool. That was the whole point of Buffy. Mm-hmm. Character gender switching thing. Very, yeah, very, very, very cool. Even with the, even, nice. Even with the, po- you know, the popcorn movie, which... You know, nothing like the TV show became. Yeah. Right. It was just, the movie was total <laughs> farce, but it was, right. it was still a strong woman, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a, nice to see. It was yeah. a lot of fun. And Donald Sutherland. No way. He, he was her, he was her watcher. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. I am a font of useless information. <laughs> <laughs> She's magical it's that just way. Right? I, I haven't watched it yet, but I got to check it out. I got to find it. I can't. Yeah. And the only other two things that I had, I mean, a bunch of things happened. So the Oscars hit. And uh, Green Book won Best Picture for the Oscars, and Spike Lee walked out. I don't know if you had any thought about no, that. No, I didn't know he walked out. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's been – Spike Lee finally did get an Oscar. Right. For Best Original Screenplay for Black Klansman. Oh, it was just for the screenplay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Personally, I think he should have won much, much earlier. But it's sort of like it's sort of like Martin else. Scorsese. You know, Martin Scorsese should have won a long, Lenny long time ago. Then there's he, a whole list yeah. of them that you know they ignored them and ignored them, and, were, and then out of guilt, they finally kind of go, "Oh yeah, here, whatever the last piece of crap you did was, yeah, you <laughs> have, have an award, have an award." Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, Spike Lee, he had a very strong reaction to the Green Book. I haven't seen the Green Book, but and yet he had no problem making a film that was a total. Fiction. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this. Well, Black Klansman, you know, he fudged the facts a little. But, but if you see, if you see the clip, if you look at the clip of Chadwick Boseman's face yeah. when they announce it, and he turns around and he looks at the people behind him, and he's like, "Seriously? Yeah, yeah." Well, because Black Panther was one of the the movies that was up for for Best Picture as well, sure, and right. that was it was one of those moments of yes, it's a it's comic a Marvel book. comic book movie, it's but col- it's also a very strong mm-hmm. cast of incredible black actors and and mm-hmm. some really was, I mean, I love some really I strong women, which was Michael fabulous. Jordan. I love mm-hmm. so, yeah. you know, so it was it was kind of one of those moments of mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder about the Oscars. That you know, sounds like have, every year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And what happens is that at, over time, people go back and go. Yeah, that one probably shouldn't have won, and mm-hmm. something else probably yeah. should have. And oh well, yeah, we missed. We, yeah, we saw it. We loved it. And if oh, you, you talk about the um, Green Book. The Green I Book. Mean, yeah. My husband and I saw it, mm-hmm. and I had some people go, "Well, I'm not sure that's the story I want to watch, so I'm not going to go see it." And mm-hmm. I said, "You know, it is. If it opens anyone's eyes by telling the story now, yeah. then it, it's worth it." And yeah. the acting in it is exceptional yeah so i'm like okay so maybe they didn't get all the facts right by the family or maybe Mm. this isn't the story you want to see with a white person coming in to save the black person yeah you know is he really doing that yeah in a lot of ways in this movie it's the reverse yeah Mm -hmm. um and and that was wonderful to see how these people changed. Yeah, the intelligent black man educating the white guy who's not so intelligent. Mm-hmm. And we sort of feel that, but but I guess I understand where Spike is coming from. I mean, it, if it connects to people, that's fine. Um, and if it, if it makes people go, hey, wait a second, I've never heard of this thing, and right. realize like, that the Green Book was real. <coughs> that's right. Because when I saw the title of it, I looked at my husband and I said, oh, I know what that is. And right. he's like, I had no idea. how do you know what this is? Yeah. It's like, well, I've read some history, you mm-hmm. know, historical books, and I knew that there was this particular book about where African Americans yeah, where to go, go, where not to go, and where they where they would be safe. Yeah. And I said, I think I had forgotten that it was called the Green Book. I said, mm-hmm. but now that I'm seeing it, it's clicking. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, who knows these things? I said, well, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly, the whole community. You know, yeah. I, I like seeing this kind of movie because mm-hmm. I 
recently heard from my father-in-law that he remembers, I think, you know, being a young man and seeing signs that said, no dogs, no Jews. Right. Yeah. Mm. And my yeah. children were like, really? I'm mm. like, that's Papa. That's that's only one generation and above I me. Seen, wow. I haven't seen any so photos of that, and, you know. Everybody else is putting their photos up. I would love to see it because I've been hearing that more and more. And I'm, right. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. Then anybody, people, you're yeah. the new people coming to America. You're the you're the you're the you're ones. The vermin. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he's you know people. I looked that up too, <clears throat> and I saw you know people who are saying, well, the Jews are making that up. Those are doctored photos, no. and it's mm. like no, they're not no, that up. no, no, they aren't. No, we're not. You no, know what? Yeah, yeah, pretty easy to document. Yeah. 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 No, no, Dana, exactly. you make a good point. I mean, it's important to understand these things and like the sign. You know, I didn't know that, and that's something for, for me to know as mm-hmm. a black person that Jews have had to go through this as well. Because I would have never thought that, you know, like we've all heard of the colored only signs or right. the white right. only signs. Right. And we think as black people, well, that was only us. You know, mm-hmm. no one else had to go through that. No, Irish went through it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Through it too, yeah. And, and the, the, there are so many parallels with the the Jewish experience in America and the black experience Absolutely. in America and it's it's something that I think unfortunately it doesn't get taught enough mm-hmm. yeah and and it doesn't get the 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 helping hand that reached mm-hmm. you know from from both black Americans and Jewish Americans to each other yeah mm-hmm. doesn't get discussed enough I mean the no, the, the Jewish the Jewish people who walked side by side with Dr King went down to to Alabama the the kids who were killed, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, right. it, it was part of the Jewish community reaching out right. and saying, we have been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still being looked down upon, but right. we, you know, as, as our story always goes, every spring we were slaves to the Pharaoh in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. you know, this isn't right. This isn't yeah. the way this is supposed to be. Um, d- do you, Norman, do, do, does Mara talk about that? I don't know if she's ever had to deal with uh, discrimination. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, no. It's, I mean, it's funny because I, as I'm new, relatively newly married, three years, yeah. and congratulations. Um, and that means I now have a seven t- seventeen-year-old son, Dexter, which means I got to miss a lot of the messy early stuff. But this part is messy enough for me. I'm tired. <laughs> um, but I'm what I'm noticing is the way I was raised versus the way he's being raised, mm-hmm. and the things that he, from my perspective, the things that he takes for granted. And I had to think about that. I had to really think hard. If you work hard to give your kids a better life, and that is, in fact, what you gave them, that's their baseline. Right. Exactly. Then that's what they come to expect. Of course they take it for granted. You raise them to take it for granted. Mara is definitely of a culture that, you know, didn't need to identify as a big J Jew. Mm -hmm. So she's proudly Jewish, but she's not religious and, and didn't. Wanted to be very careful about passing on anything that even smacked of religion Mm. to her son. But that's a lot of Jewish culture. And so he has even less interest in it. And I'm like, if I was half, man, and my mom was Jewish, I I said when bar mitzvah time came up, I was like, you want to do bar mitzvah? No. She's like, no, he doesn't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, no wonder he doesn't want to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've, yeah. got, you've got two big J Jewish. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I think you're the super J. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was talking to a, a friend of mine at work who is um, he's, he is um, Cambodian. But, you know, he's very connected with the Chinese culture. And we were talking about, because he has kids, and there was another coworker who was writing who's Chinese-American, talking about their children and how a lot of their children are not connected to their culture. Mm-hmm. 
and debating how important it is. I, I think it is, and I think it's important for me to understand what slavery was. I remember having a girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, she was black and I'm black, and I was reading about slavery, and she's like, that's just going to make you mad. Why are you, write, why are you reading that? And it's like it's was important for me Candace to know. Owens? <laughs> oh, my God. Don't even mention Candace Owens. Who <laughs> talked at the CPAC. She was in the news this yeah, week. Yeah, she talked at the CPAC. Oh. I have a friend of mine who is a black Republican. We mm-hmm. went to school together, and I don't even know what to tell him. And he's, you know, posting all this stuff on yeah. Facebook and getting backlash. I'm like, yeah. Well, I have cousins who are just slightly politically to the right of Genghis Khan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't – yeah, he knows what's going on. Don't yeah. Talk. And, but, you know, my, my children feel very strongly their, their Jewish heritage and Good. their Jewish culture. Good. And, Good. you know, my daughter speaks out. She did last year for oh, a project at school. She wrote a graphic novel – about the anti-Semitism she's experiencing at Skyline High School wow. in Oakland nice. right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And she's like, dude. It's nice to be able to get right, the word nice out. To be able to yes. the word. She's yeah. like, dude, this is real. Yeah. You know? And then when she tries to explain to, she has several, you know, black classmates, obviously, and, and several black friends, and she's like, guys, stop and think about this, please. You yeah. Know, let's, let's put these two pictures together. Mm, yeah. And, and because so many people just don't know the history. Yeah. Right. I feel like Skyline's been in the news. Have they been in the news lately? Not no? recently. Maybe I don't know why I have it. Okay. But last I have her- year there was when a – When it snowed. Last they did year when it snowed, they drew some on pictures the, on the football, on the football field. field. And that That's made it to cool. nighttime TV. It did because the television cameras <laughs> flew overhead just as they finished drawing a beautiful phallus. Ooh. In the snow. Oh, okay. In the snow. Yeah. Yeah. The hills. Hey, hey. Well, at least it wasn't a swastika. You know, I was, I was no. cringing. I was like, oh, no, no what no, did no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that was carved into the back of one of the sofas in the library. Oh, for oh. goodness sake. Yes. Yeah. It, it's amazing, the anti-Semitism, because I do hear about, you know, like, say, school kids, you know, doing that. And I'm like, where are they getting that from? It's amazing. Dana, have you had to deal with that, uh, just just racism or anti-Semitism when you were growing up? <laughs> Not a lot. Okay. I grew up in Marin. Okay. So, ah. you know, mm-hmm. the better life. Uh, mm-hmm. So we uh, – it, it was like – I've told people on Sunday nights we'd all go to the Chinese food restaurant because that's what you did on Sundays. You went to, out to Chinese food, mm-hmm. and we saw half the congregation there. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I just – there, I think they said there was like 80,000 Jews in Marin County at the time. Wow. And so it was very white upbringing, and I knew a lot of white people um, – a couple things that I come to mind was certainly when I was in sixth grade, I aced a science test. Mm-hmm. And there was another Jewish boy who came up to me, and he's like, you threw off the curve. You ought to be shot. And oh. somebody told me that in 11th grade, too, after a French test mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I did well on. And it was all of this. Wow. When I did well academically, people told me I ought to be shot. Mm-hmm. So that kind of. Were they, it was like fun, like, uh, oh, I hate you, you know, you like jealousy or, or were they serious? I don't think they were serious, but that was the worst thing they could come up yeah. with. But it was just disturbing. Exaggeration, yeah. of course. Yes, of course. Um, but I didn't really realize that I was Jewish, I guess, until I got to college. Mm-hmm. And um, people said, well, of course you're Jewish. Your last name's Lewenthal. And I went, is my last name Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, well, I can tell you're Jewish from your nose. And that all hit me mm. when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So that's – the. I, you know, I obviously went from this big Jewish community to going to Cal, and suddenly I was very aware that I was Jewish. I was like one of a handful of people mm. in my sorority who were Jewish, and it suddenly became very clear to me. I went, oh, wow. Yeah. Nobody knows anything. They're like, Hanukkah, mm. 
what is that? And right. so wow. you, you don't believe in Jesus at all? I'm like, well, no, I believe he was alive. He's not sure. our Lord and Savior. He's a prophet. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's, he was Jewish. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah he that's was. And that's exactly forgets. right. They, they do forget. So it was, that was sort of where yeah. I came up against it. But certainly um, in somebody painted a swastika on my seventh grade teacher's uh, classroom door. Hmm. And that was 1982. Wow. Wow. So it, it. It rears its ugly head. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have the reverse. I went to NYU, and they call it NYU because it's a big Jewish community <laughs> yes, at NYU. And it was the first time me feeling black. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, so I'm a minority, and I can mm. understand another culture because yeah. D.C. was a chocolate city back then before oh, it was gentrified as it is, you know, here in uh, the Bay Area. Right. Um, and my, I had the opposite experience to Dana's, you know, because I grew up in Wichita, Kansas, and, mm-hmm. and this really teeny, teeny, mm-hmm. tiny Jewish community. Mm-hmm. And so there was no mm-hmm. question that I was Jewish. And, like, everybody who was Jewish, <laughs> we all knew each other because there were four Jewish kids mm-hmm. in my class at school. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. In my grade. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, like, that was all four high schools mm-hmm. that we were in. <laughs> wow. Four of us. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, very different. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I had a good friend of mine who's actually half black, half Jewish, Lori Goff. Lori, if you're listening, hey, what's up? Hello. Hey, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last thing, um, I'm hoping that Jesse Smollett won't serve more jail time than Paul than Manafort. Paul Manafort, oh. I Can know. you believe that? <clears throat> so, I a ju- well, he's got another court. Manafort has another um, sentencing hearing. So you think a judge can overrule the other judge? She can't overrule. It's a different, right? It's different. It's a completely different court. It's a completely different case. It's a completely different judge. Mm. The case is already, he's already been found guilty. I watched way too much Rachel Maddow this week. Um, Mm. He's already been found guilty. (laughs) This new judge, um, the, I want to say the maximum sentence she can give him is 10 years. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but the minimum, I don't know if there is a minimum sentencing guideline for her, mm-hmm. but the maximum she can give him is 10 years. 10 years, yeah. And the question is whether or not she will, A, give him the maximum sentence, and B, um, have the sentences run concurrently, concurrently. instead oh. of consecutively. Because right. if it's concurrently, uh, they don't run at the exact same years. time. Right. No, 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 if it's consecutive, they run the same time. <coughs> No, I think it's concurrent. Concurrent? Yeah, concurrent. concurrent. Yeah, you're right. It is yeah. concurrent. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Brain fart. And I'll, I'll only say it because I've worked in the DA's office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. But, and all, and all, when I think about – when I hear about sentences, I'm like, well, that's on paper. Right. But, you know, usually yeah. in good behavior, they, people are let off early all the yeah, time. Yeah, well, they were talking about – if you're a club fed, yeah. then yeah. why would you exhibit bad behavior? Right. And yeah. there, there's no parole for the – Federal one. That oh, just, okay. Yeah, there's no parole for the federal courts. Okay. But they they can accrue up to I want to say something like five months good behavior per year or something like that. Or yeah, something like that. And so with the nine months that he's already so it's forty it's a forty seven month sentence right forty seven mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. he's already served nine they're they're counting the nine months that he's already yeah. served. I don't think he's going to serve two years. The, no, right. they said they That's said the they maximum serve. he'll serve is a l- is just over two and a half. Two and, yeah, yeah, maximum. that sounds about right. right. Well, it's right, but it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> this one. Yeah, well, it's, it's just crazy that the the minimum sentencing guideline was nineteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have right. a judge who blatantly goes against what is written law or what mm-hmm. the written guidelines yeah, are, like making a political statement. And it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know if he deserves it or not, because it's not a, usually you give a higher sentence if someone committed a, you know, like an act that hurt someone or killed someone. But, you know, this is serious. Right. I'm, but Jesse, I mean, do you think that, because I've been, 
I've been focusing on the police commissioner. You know, he's been on, I think, Good Morning America, and right. he's just been talking and just, oh, this guy's horrible, and look what he's done. And he's been mm-hmm. a disservice to the black community. And usually, you don't get press conferences like that. You just right. like, listen, this case is ongoing. Don't and, speak about it, yeah. Right, exactly. So I wonder what's really going on with this Justice Miller. I mean, not that I'm really upset about too, it. Yeah. All right. It's a Let's, mess. <laughs> Let's it's jump sad. into it. Uh, we've got Alicia von Kugelgen and uh, Dana Lowenthal. Lowenthal. Uh, Lowenthal. I'm sorry about that. No <laughs> um, He's been practicing my name. Oh. <laughs> why don't you give me a origin story for you? We know about uh, you, Alicia. Um, but uh, so you grew up in Marin County. I did. I did. I uh, went to Cal Berkeley. All right. Or Cal is Berkeley. Yeah. Um, I worked a couple years here in the Bay Area. I moved to Chicago. Oh, wow. I was just shy of five years. I went to the theater school at DePaul University. Wow, that's impressive. Originally the Goodman School of Drama. That was always mm-hmm. an oh. asterisk at the bottom there. Oh, yeah. Um, now it's just the theater school. Yeah. Um, and then my uh, sweet husband, Adam, proposed, and he was the only person who could get me to move back to the Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> my mother was thrilled. Right. Um, yeah, and we're coming up on 20 years of marriage this fall. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. So, um, 1999. Yeah. You guys are married. That's it. Exactly. Right on. You're very, very cool. What got you into theater? When did you start doing theater? When, uh, <laughs> my first role was in fifth grade, and I played John Adams. Um, Is that right? I did. Nice. It was a really great speech. And my first musical was the summer before sixth grade. And my it was um, Annie Get Your Gun. And my, oh, nice. My sister got in, and I think they took me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was in the chorus. And... Um, so that made you sing, too. I sing, oh, too. Yes, yes I do. Much lower than Alicia here. <laughs> well, Alicia's Depends at opera day, training, so. Yeah, this opera over here. And yeah. actually, one of my favorite stories about being in theater is from that production because there's so much sitting around, and it was community theater in San Rafael, and mm. I was like days on end on the weekends just sitting around while they rehearsed all the leads and right. all the mm-hmm. And I'm like this little townsperson who comes in. I mm-hmm. have, you know, I sing, yeah. And I'm 11. And I went up to the director and I said, do you really need me here? <laughs> Because I'm Sound not like doing an adult. anything. Yeah. And he said, well, Dana, it's up to you. If you would like to stay, you can. And if you want to go, you can. And I said, I think I'll stay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, but most of my theater love was watching my sister. She was really into drama. And she mm. looked like she was having such a marvelous time. Mm-hmm. And she did a scene from Star Spangled Girl in high school. And I was just, it was so funny. And I loved it. And mm-hmm. so I tried it. And mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> there you <laughs> are. Kept going. Yeah. Um, what type of stu- What type of – I'm always interested in technique when you went to DePaul in, um, in Chicago. Yeah. Um, Stanislavski beats objectives. Did you get into any of that stuff? Oh, boy. All of it. Um, I think Stanislavski was mostly undergrad Mm -hmm. that we studied. Mm -hmm. And uh, in graduate school, all of the teachers had some sort of pedigree. So two of them were, like, from the original company of the Goodman School of Drama. So Mm -hmm. it was Joe Slowick and Dr. Bella Itkin and, and just these these people who've been doing it forever and, mm-hmm. you know, who descended from Grotowski and, you know, right. we had the whole, you know, you have a pot-bellied stove and a fire <laughs> in your belly and yeah. you have to walk around. And mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Bella was all about um, little things like um, just adding to your performance. So when you're on your 85th performance, let, maybe you have like 
a little itch in the middle of your back or the bottom of your feet are sunburned. Mm -hmm. And how, mm. how you can just can incorporate, that into incorporate your these yeah. little things that right. just add something that nobody knows what mm -hmm. it is. But it's just, um, it's just so, such a tactile, <coughs> visceral kind of thing. Um, lots of voice and Feldenkrais and um, oh, yoga and movement to music yeah. and, uh, and stage combat. It was just everything. Oh, awesome, awesome. That's fantastic. Do you still practice a lot of those things or do you get, you know, we've had a lot of uh, debate as far as do you need to go to class or can you just learn from experience? Have you learned more from just your experience as an actress or do you still pull from what you learned in school? I think I pull from everything I've learned all over the mm -hmm. over the years. Yeah. Um, there are some things that I pull from school, definitely, such as, you know, this is how many times have I done this play? What am I going to do different tonight? Sometimes sure. it's mm -hmm. sure. I'm going to dedicate this performance to someone, mm. so I have them in my heart before I yeah. walk mm -hmm. on stage. Um, one thing I learned in grad school that I've always kept with me is that when you're on stage, it is always about the other person. Mm -hmm. And that always helps right. um, and then there's sometimes you don't always get a chance depending on the role to really use your technique mm. and you develop your own you take a little bit a little bit here or you you learn something in a production and sure. you can take that with you so i you know they call it the toolbox right and mm -hmm. so right. i i guess i have my own technique but mm -hmm. it just i pull and pick what works in the moment yeah yeah um, that makes about right now i think it's a theme that everyone has had where you know you just you grab what makes sense to you. There have been right. plenty of teachers I've had where it's like it just went over my head or it just didn't work for me. Right. They're like, listen, you know, just pick up what, what works. It's like yeah. a – I used to call it a smorgasbord or you walk mm -hmm. into, a, you know, the restaurant where all you can eat, a buffet. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I'm not going to get that. I'm going to get that. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you develop your own technique. Yeah. And yeah. it's um, – I think I've had – two roles in the last few years where I could use everything. Mm -hmm. One was an ideal husband at town hall. Ah, and that go. was one where I was like, I am using everything I've ever learned. Now was that, was that, this. I'm sorry, yeah. was that the, um, because I, a good friend of mine, Scott Munson wrote yeah. an adaptation of an ideal husband. No, yeah. I was modernized. in his adaptation. She oh. was in that with our friends. <laughs> right. in, with our friends in Cindy Lagazinski. Yeah, exactly. Lagazinski, yeah, who we had right. on. Who I, which I saw. I saw right. that show. So yeah. I was in that one, but Dana was in the original the one. Original. Yeah. The one written in 18, late 18, yes, 90s or whatever. Yep. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then this one, I think the show we're in is using <laughs> everything. <Yeah. laughs> so we can talk about the role players, uh, the mystery of Irma Bepp. Uh, yes. What's it about if you can give up the plot? <laughs> what isn't it without, about? Yeah, don't, um, don't reveal anything. Well, it, don't it's need. called a madcap mash of Victorian melodrama, vampires, werewolves, and mummies. And wow. it's a wow. gothic yeah, melodrama. And it's all of that. Yeah, well, I'm calling it a gothic melodrama. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, but it's funny and mm -hmm. it's over the top. It's a parody of a, a melodrama. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's. Who's, yeah, who's the playwright? Charles Ludlam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's broad, very, very broad. Very broad. <laughs> Do you guys play a bunch of characters or just? Uh, yes, we okay. play all the characters, Every character in, the show. in the show. Wow! Oh yeah. well, yeah. between the two of us. Oh jeez! So wow. we we have um, now. It's not just the two of you. I mean, yeah, yes, oh, it's just really? the two of us. Wow. Wow. The whole script. Oh, that is awesome. Just the two of us. And who's, just the two who's of us. directing it? Um, Mike Reynolds. The fabulous He's Mike incredible. Reynolds. We He's love Mike Reynolds. We adore him to bits and pieces. Mm. He has been amazing. Wow. Yes. Now, one thing that I, um, because I've, I've, in playing multiple characters, I think the last time I played multiple characters, well, of course, Civil, Civil War, War Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but also when we did Well, <clears throat> Well by Lisa Cron, that was at the uh, Contra Costa Civic Theater and, Lin, uh, and Susan 
Susan Evans uh, directed us, I remember focusing on my voice. I was like, okay, for this character, I need this voice. Mm-hmm. For that character, I need that voice. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you guys approach How it that way? How do you well, differentiate? We yeah. have to because sometimes we're male and sometimes we're female. Yeah. And, and, and I that's think, part of it. And I should probably mention at this point, we're the first I think, professional female. production of an all-female cast. Yes. We could only find oh, one wow. other production in a college mm-hmm. in, Wisconsin in Wisconsin in 2010. Yeah, or something, or 2004. Oh. Wow. And, and if men are doing this, they have a you know they have their regular voice. You have your regular voices, sure, and right. then there's the hi the high voices <laughs> for <laughs> us. Yeah. For us, it's a little more limited. Right. Sure. It's a right. lot. It's really challenging to drop down and to try and find. Um, a vaguely male-sounding voice that right. can be sustained, sure. you know, for long <coughs> sections of dialogue. And yeah. So we I both get to play with that. <laughs> yeah, I go back to my teachers. They would focus on the resonators, the chest resonator, yes, 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 and yes. the mask and the head and, you know, just, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's certainly using that. And, um, yes, for the lady, it's, like, right out through the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the nasal. The nasal for my lady is mm-hmm. very nasal. Yes, and, and then we, we also yeah. have, what, how many? Five? Five dialects. Acts? Yeah, five dialects. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Now that is, that's <laughs> intense. But that's impressive, very, very impressive. Do you have speech coaches? Or, or did, did they bring in coaches to help you guys out? Yes, we got Charles Woodson Parker in. Cool. Who's nice. um Wonderful actor, beautiful singer, and he's just—he's done a lot Amazing of dialects. dialects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's really come fantastic. in a few times and helped us. We we started rehearsing before we got him, mm-hmm. so <laughs> some of it is unlearning a few things, sure. especially yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's and like almost. Uh, but yeah, he's great, very patient, mm-hmm. and very. He's, he's like and just very let generous. Me know. Yeah, with, totally. With his no, knowledge. and I should ask you the same thing. When you've had to play multiple characters, do you focus on the voice or do when you focus do on the physicality? <laughs> because some folks don't. Some it's folks just focus career. on the physicality. So Last night, because um, I'm in, I'm in Everyday Alice right now, and I play Doctor Avshalom, mm-hmm. who's just kind of. I've seen the picture on from. Facebook. Very cool. With well, the pipe. that is that's another character. And she has a fantasy moment, and that's what that picture is from. Ah. That costume just pops in for one brief scene. Yeah. Um, in her fantasy, this huge coat, and I didn't. I never even looked at it. It's got large lapels, but on one side, it's about the lapels about hand size. The other one is about arm size. Yeah. Like I didn't see it until I looked at the photo, and oh one side God. is just huge. Hmm. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> good to know." Three days, yeah. before, three shows before I finish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. Those are cool but, things uh, as a character that I can I, play. Go, go ahead. Well, I to answer the question, I I think about voice. I always start with a character. Where is this voice? And voice is so many different things. It's culture. It's all kinds of different things. So I start playing with trying to set something for that character. And then I find I, I discover all this physicality that I just don't necessarily think about. So as I'm starting with this new class and the um, class that I normally teach, I started maybe a month ago, um, I give them the same example. I did a show last year where I played a bunch of characters. And in one brief story, I played five characters. And one of them was, it was all set in a jail, and one of them was the warden. I was the warden. And the warden, in my mind, is like six foot tall. Mm-hmm. I didn't decide on a, how he's going to walk. I just decided that he was straight up and down. And the other guy is just sort of horizontal. He's, And I would think of him as being about 50 pounds heavier than me. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and I did work on that character. I worked on getting my voice as low as I could make it. 
to the point where we were in rehearsal and I'd realized, I think it was when we were doing run-throughs, I was like, I can stop pushing down. Now. <laughs> I'm not going to get any lower low. and and it's pretty <coughs> solidly in a low place and I can just let that go now. And I did. I stopped thinking about it. But throughout rehearsals, I was just constantly pushing, pushing, pushing. And the other character, I wanted to be up straight. And I had one last character and I didn't know what to do with him. It's like, well, I... I I can't give him a deep voice, and the other character's voice is almost... I was using Obama as sort of a template and then <laughs> making it my own. Um, and I needed him to be something else, and I couldn't... It didn't become about... It became about him being soft-spoken and his hands. Mm-hmm. And the whole character came out of me just... He was a religious man. Dang. And I wasn't intentionally praying, but I just kept my hands in that as sort of a neutral... You know, the other guy had, like, claws practically, like gorilla mitts. Right. <laughs> this guy was, you know, it was this. And after a while, I found I had a little bop that I wasn't even thinking about. I'd bop on stage and bop off stage. And people could – it's so cool. I had one line where I'd cross up to the top of a class, say just one thing. Everybody would respond, and then I'd be embarrassed, and I'd go, and I'd sit down. And it was all just me like, mm. like a bobble doll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny when you mentioned that uh, I did Fear and, Misery, Fear and Misery in the Third Reich, which are a series of one-act plays by Bertrand Brecht. And Susan Evans, she used a technique for us actors where we had to do a movement, and that mm-hmm. movement became a part of the character because we were playing <coughs> multiple characters right. to differentiate right. a, a particular character. Getting back to the, the mystery of Irma Vep, so what's the plot? Is there a plot? Is it, does it go all <laughs> over the place? There's, there's, a, there's, general there's a general plot where we are um, – in a large manor house, m- manor house okay. England, Hampstead Ham- Heath. On Hampstead Heath. We have our uh, Lord Edgar. Okay. Yes. And he... Uh, He's the Lord of the Manor. He's Lord of the Manor. He had, he had a previous wife, mm. Irma Vep. Mm-hmm. She, ah. she has passed. Okay. Yes. Um, he has remarried mm. to... Lady Enid. Lady Enid. And so she's, I think they've just recently come back, back from their honeymoon. Yes. She's still oh. discovering new rooms in the house. Sure. And uh, there is the maid. Jane. Mm-hmm. Jane. And um, <laughs> there's the that groundskeeper. The groundskeeper, Nicodemus I'm thinking there's a mystery Underwood. of the death of Irma Vep, like who, well, yes. well there is the mystery of Irma Vep, and oh. there is a great portrait of her in the in main the, room. Yes, in the oh. main room. Yes, and uh, so that's sort of where we start off right. is you have this relationship uh, between Enid and Jane and, and Lord Jane Edgar and his new wife. And, and Jane and Nicodemus yes. and mm-hmm. all these intersecting characters and, and how they feel about one another and mm-hmm. yes. how, about how they feel about where they are and what's yes. going on. And, and he pulled a, from a lot of sources. So if you right. know the movie Rebecca or the or book, the book Rebecca, Rebecca, there's, there's a lot there's of Rebecca a lot of refer- in there. Yes, definitely. Cool, um, cool. A few references to Wilkie Collins' Woman in White. A um, few references to what, – what have we got? We've got Shakespeare. We've got – Oh, the, um, the, oh the, all the speeches. The speeches. Uh, is it not James Joyce? Is it? No. The, or I always I'm say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Ulysses. Ulysses. Yeah, that is James. That is James. Yeah. There's tons of Ulysses mm-hmm. references. Huh. Yeah. And then, yes, and then I have. A couple of other. Yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, wow. Nicodemus likes to break out into <laughs> small speeches. And suddenly I feel a moment coming on where I must approach the front of the stage and say and this speech. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it reminds me of Peter Sellers in, uh, what was that movie? Um, Dr. Strangelove. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's playing three characters yeah. at the same time, so <laughs> it sounds fun. It sounds like it sounds like a lot of fun. It, it, 
Yes. It's crazy fun. <laughs> and it's and it's not just playing a few characters. Mm-hmm. It is you're playing one character for three minutes. You exit. You come on 15 seconds later as mm-hmm. a different character. Right. You exit and you come on as the wow. first character right. again. And so each of us has at least one moment where two of our characters mm-hmm. are in conversation with one another. Huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that and that makes things interesting. I'm thinking yes. of costume changes too. Uh, well, yes. yes, yeah. A lot of the conversations that are played by one performer are off They're stage, off stage. Right. Um, mm-hmm. because you can't jump. Oh, right, exactly. Costumes. But there's there's a lot of those moments where it's like, wait, how do we make this work again? Mm. Um, we're looking very much forward to getting our costumers and our costumes. Because this is the kind of thing that, like, three, four weeks before the show opens, right. you got to start running you this quick change. Because yeah. 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 it's not so just clothes, it's wigs, and it's, oh, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and personas. And sure. sure. One side of the stage to the other. Yeah. I'm thinking about props. I mean, are there a lot of things to keep you guys busy? Oh, her. She I has have, all the props. I have, I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freewheeling. Oh, no, I get to learn how to play the dulcimer. What is a dulcimer? It's a string I have instrument. No, I, no, I do. Um, yeah, it's a stringed instrument that lays in your lap. Okay. It has four strings. Yeah. And um, I somehow have a dulcimer connection mm-hmm. through my husband. He knew someone who, like, mm-hmm. plays the dulcimer, and oh, that's wow. all she yeah. does. It's like the and precursor she, to a guitar. Sounds like it. Kind of. Some, uh, no. I mean, okay. it's, it's, it's plucked, It's almost right? like a lap mm-hmm. harp. Yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah, she gave me a little lesson, and she mm-hmm. says, oh, there's lots of YouTube videos, and so on. Okay, so I have my lines and blocking. And, and costume changes. And, and costume dulcimer. changes and dialect, and now I <laughs> oh, need wow. to learn the dulcimer. And right. I'm looking at Mike, our director, going, ah, 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 I'm not sure. I don't. I think something's going to fall off the shelf if I add more <laughs> information <laughs> in here. And he's like, sure. it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. So, yeah. Where is role players? Danville. Ah, I thought they've been doing. It seems like I'm hearing more and more about them in recent years. Yes, yes, they've. Um, they're over on Front Street. It's the Village Theater and Art Gallery, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's a lovely part of town. It's it's very pretty. It's it very right. nice. Yeah. You have so lovely pretty. dinner close by. Mm-hmm. Um, but Role Players has been doing more and more wonderful work over there. The mm-hmm. artistic director is Eric Fraser Hayes, mm-hmm. um, who I went to grad school with oh at right. DePaul University mm-hmm. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We did summer stock together. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's he's really created themes over the course of a season, mm-hmm. trying to have kind of a through line of all those shows that they bring in. And he used to direct everything. And so he's brought in new actors and new directors uh-huh. and um really just, I think, put it on the map in the last few years. Yeah, it, it seems like yeah. it. Yeah, and so people now go, oh, the theater out in Danville instead mm-hmm. of where? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Very good. It sounds like you guys are enjoying yourselves. We're having a ball. Oh, my God. It's, it's, so much <laughs> 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 it's a little bit dangerous um, mm-hmm. having the two of us up. Uh, two of us up on stage together um, <laughs> because I don't think yet we've gotten through a scene where we haven't cracked each other up at some point, uh-huh. um, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, right? No, that's we'll, great. We'll, we'll at least now, but we keep we keep doing new things and we keep finding new stuff. Yeah. Every time we both look at each other, we're like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, no, no, that that is just fantastic. I wanted to bring up so Kim Donovan. You, we asked people. You know, let us know what you want us to talk about on the yay. Right. And she wrote to us. Okay. So um, she says I that, and Mephic, I think it was today. Yeah, you guys know her. Uh, Reg Clay, interesting topic and might be the yay fodder. 
happy to point you to the original posting. So this is about, so uh, someone named D.C. Scarpelli yep. Yep. wrote this. Yeah. I recently wrote a post about how people of size are treated. Mm-hmm. And it received something of an overwhelming response, particularly from Bay Area theater people of size who have had terrible experiences. Mm-hmm. And he, t- he or she talks about putting together a he. survey. He? Yes, okay, thank you. Um, of people who are of size. Right. Um, and I was asking you off mic, uh, just both of you, Alicia and uh, Dana, if you had to deal with, and usually when I hear about things like this, it's usually women. Yeah. Who go through it? I'm but sure there's some men. There are definitely men. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, are. I know several yeah. guys who've had this issue. Where have you had to deal with discrimination based on size? Uh, where it's not even a matter of if you're talented or not. A casting person will just look at you and say, "Well, I, I don't know," or they may not even say anything, but you know, or you have a feeling. Well, I remember I was in college, and oh gosh, what's the name of the show? I can't even think of the play right now. But um, the main character is a She's a large, big-boned woman. Um, and they cast this wonderful actress in it. And I loved I loved what she did with it. She wasn't somebody that you would think of as being a big-boned woman, except that she was. I mean, she, you know, skeletally speaking, she had big bones. Um, and it seems so much about what the character was dealing with, what the person's psychology was mm-hmm. and what they were dealing with. But at the same time, I found myself watching and going, are you really telling the story that the playwright is asking you to tell? Or did you do like the movies do all the time? Like the casting that I hate the most, Michelle Pfeiffer and um, uh, oh, Frankie Frank, and Johnny. Frankie and Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, just take a pretty person and stick them in a role. It, it, yeah. It's so clear in the script what this woman is supposed to be. And yeah. instead, you give us Hollywood. That's right. That was her and Al Pacino, right? Yep. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So have we dealt with that? Uh... Yes, I mean I'm five six, mm-hmm. so on in the general scale, I'm a big person. Right, and most of my life, people have said, "Oh, you! I thought you were five eight. So I carry myself tall, mm-hmm. but I'm I have always been the biggest girl in my class, mm-hmm. and I was full figured for a lot, a lot of years. So I was either the mother or the whore, mm-hmm. because if you're full figured or you have a large bust, you can't be the lead because you're too big and frankly in theater there's a lot of you know nice small jewish men who i love but they're like five six five seven and i'm too big in heels to Mm -hmm. be with them except for the fact that my husband is my height so i was gonna say except for the fact that in reality in real life life, you can marry someone (coughs) who's your own height or shorter height yeah yeah. um but in the theater that's not the case the man always has to be taller Mm. um so yeah, I dealt with that a lot. And then um, about 10 years ago, I lost 50 pounds. Mm. So that was a whole entire change of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and did my casting change a lot? Well, by that point, I, you know, I've never been an ingenue person. I don't sing high. <laughs> um, and I have a very direct kind of personality. So that really wasn't the change. But I, could, I changed from necessarily character roles mm. to more leading roles. Oh, good. And I also turned down mm-hmm. roles as well. Someone called me and they said, well, we want you to play Fanny Bryce's mom's sister, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, Funny Girl. Right. And I was 30 mm-hmm. at the yeah. time. And I went, you know what? I'm That's not really working into my business plan right now as mm-hmm. an actor. And the you. director said, I understand. I'm like, 
for me to not play these roles, I have to turn them down and mm. take the roles that I want to play. Yeah, that's right. So I had to kind of restructure my whole brain around being a smaller person, but mm. also restructure my career. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I worked at a theater in the Bay Area, and we rehearsed the whole show. We get to uh, the when the Tech. Tech, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Saturday, right? There it's go okay. the words. Yeah. And I put on my costume, and it's really small, and I'm wearing a leotard under a little vest, and uh-huh. everything was small. And I went, this is, I don't feel comfortable going on stage, and I look like a cow. Uh-huh. And I was uh-huh. on stage with a very teeny little dancer, too, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the scene. And they said, well, you're supposed to be that way. And I went, what are you talking about? They said, well, you're the fat joke. Didn't you know that? Ooh, they said that? Well, I actually, they said, well, you're Mm. supposed to look a lot bigger than her. And I said, I'm sorry, am I the fat joke? Let's put it that way. And they Mm. said, yeah, didn't the director tell you that? And I said, no, he Mm. did not. And it was like final dress. And Mm. I I was so ready to walk out of there, but it was my first show at that theater. And I'm Mm. like, I I don't know what this is going to do if I'm ever going to work again because this is the other side. If you're... In my mind, if you're a woman and you don't do everything they say and you're right. difficult, right. You're, you're not going to get cast. Mm. And I, I just didn't know where I was. So mm-hmm. I – Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that has happened. And yeah. I've certainly been in other shows since then, since I've been thin. But it, I've heard it with other actresses mm-hmm. where customers said, you know, this didn't fit the leading lady who was, was a big woman. But mm-hmm. she was supposed to be. And she's like – we just don't have anything that's going to fit you. You're going to need to lose a little weight to fit into the Ooh, costume. And then that. another woman in the same show was a very, like, skinny. Like, one of my friends was like, God, could she eat a cheeseburger maybe? Because she was really thin. <laughs> yeah. But there was the other side. And she's like, well, just put in, you know, cutlets so we can make your bust look bigger instead of mm. making the costume, costume work. fit her. Exactly. And this is a female costumer. You know, uh-huh. it's amazing when I hear stories about that because uh, you would think the costumer – is right there at the beginning of the rehearsal, day yeah. one, and would Figuring know. Out what size people Right, exactly. Are, yeah. Instead of having to go through this during, yeah. you know, the tech and the dress, you know, what do they call the dress parade? Yeah. yeah. You figured none of these problems would happen. Some, Alicia, of, them go just, ahead. some of them just don't care. It's yeah. right. because they have this concept of what it's supposed to look like or what you fit into, and they don't care that the director cast you differently than what they think you fit into, but they're going to dress you the way they think you fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have a little bit of a different side from Dana. I'm short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just am. I'm not quite five foot four. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all of my young life, I was thin. I was skinny. I mean, when I was in high school, I was scary skinny. Um, and I filled out. Mm-hmm. And after I had children, I filled out slightly more. Um, but I was always an ingenue, you know, in particular because I'm a coloratura soprano. It's just that's the vocal range. Uh-huh. So when I was singing opera particularly or, or light opera, that's those are the roles. Right. Now, in that world, it's not unusual or it's less unusual for the leading, the young leading lady to be a slightly larger woman because it's an opera singer. And so it's right. just like everybody just goes, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, not, not all opera companies, obviously, but I, that was less of an issue. And then when I started doing more straight theater and I realized that, like, all of a sudden, I don't know where I fit. Yeah. Um, because I am curvy. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm curvy. Mm-hmm. I just am. I got a little baby belly. 
My, mm-hmm. my baby is 11 now. <laughs> um, you know, and do, do I wish I were thinner again? Yeah. Am I going to kill myself? Hell no. This is who I am. This is my body. This is, this is what I am. And, and if you like the way I act, great. Right. If you don't, fine. But well, don't again, make it about what, my size. What stories are you telling? Because if you keep coming into some preconceived notion, I mean, I, I like interesting casting. Because when you give us the boring traditional casting, then like Romeo and Juliet is just boring as hell. You may mm-hmm. as well just take a picture of two pretty people and, and put it on the wall. Right. Who cares? I, I actually had one audition that I did where somebody came to me and said, I had gotten a call back, and somebody came to me and said, oh, I bet you were fantastic, but I know that that director's not going to cast you. And I said, really? And they said, yeah, they have a reputation for not casting anyone larger mm. than a size, you know, four. Mm. And I was like, are mm. you serious? <laughs> so, and so this wha- was a company that I had worked with several times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I sent somebody an email and I said, look, this is the word that's coming down to me. Word on the street is this particular director does not like to cast women of size. Is that why I did not get cast? I just thought, I'm either going to burn a while, 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 while they have a call back for you. Right. Yeah. While with the, so, so yeah. well, the response from the producer was no. It has nothing to do with your size. You just weren't as good as the other people. You didn't dance as well and this and that and the other. And my response was, you didn't have me dance. Right. Mm-hmm. And he and he emailed me back. It was a man. And he emailed me back. He said, I am sorry. He said, I, saw, I read what you wrote. I got angry. I fired back at you. And that was inappropriate. He said, no, it had nothing to do with your size. It had everything to do with the fact that this director had worked with these other people before. Mm-hmm. He said, and while the company knows you and we love you and we really want you to come back, mm-hmm. this director did not know you. Right. I mm-hmm. said, okay. I said, but you need to be aware right. that this is the reputation this director this has. Yeah. And yeah. this is what goes around. And, he, and the response was, thank you, and thank you for letting me apologize. Yeah. You know, so that happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, it's it's. I suppose it's good that he was honest with you. I don't know if that's a PR thing where he's like, well, you know, we better say something nice to her or else <laughs> she's going to sue. Well, well, no, you don't mind. Boy, not Alicia. even that was going to yeah. sue. It's like, I'm just not going to come back to your theater company. Yeah. Yeah. Or you'll spread the word and yeah. let other that's actresses worst case know. Scenario that's better than a lot of, a lot of other options. Sure. Yeah. Well, Reg, you just started saying, what about callbacks? And yeah. I have been in the experience where I was in a six-hour callback, singing, dancing, oh, script yeah, work. Yeah, I was yeah. one of the last mm-hmm. six people for uh-huh. the lead role. And at the end of the six hours, they said, well, we're renting costumes from this other theater company, and this role, uh, this costumes a size four, so you four are released. Mm-hmm. And I Why went, did you keep me for six flipping exactly. hours? Exactly, and have me prepare all of this right. and everything right. like and that. And don't you have a customer that can make adjustments if you or have a really great actor? Yeah, you have another dress. But it exactly. was kind of like, what? Yeah. Like, uh, or I, I, have, I don't even know. And I'm getting don't to the know. point where I'm, <laughs> I want to be doing this, right? I want, mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I love it. Right. That's not, right. Not Both of you have families. Yeah. Both of you, you know. We do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got kids, it. You got husbands. Um, but on the other hand, I will let you know what I'm thinking anymore because <laughs> sometimes I think there are people that just need to hear it. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, and if right. you have kept me there for six hours and only to tell me later that the costume is a size four, right. I will come to you 
privately, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. in front of everyone, right. and say, that was wrong. Yeah. That was wrong of you to do. It yeah. was wrong of you to say, yeah. and you shouldn't. Ha- you you should know better. Yeah. yeah. Norman, from a uh, from a director's perspective, to put a sort of button on this, uh, and it's a great conversation. This is a conversation we need to have. Yeah. How do you pr- how do you look upon like let's say someone gives you a script, or let's say you're hired to be a director? Mm-hmm. How do you look upon casting, and do you have these things in mind where you want to have as much of an open mind as possible? You do, but if you if you fall in love with the script, you have a vision yeah. of the script. What I love is, yeah, who is the talent pool? When we did Four Men, sure. I kept asking who they had that they thought was coming in um, because I've got to adjust my expectations based on who I'm going to see. Sure. <clears throat> but I do like, and I had some things like I didn't want Curtis because I think of James Baldwin as a small man and Curtis is a tall man. Sure, sure. And, and, and I remember doing this years ago. We did Master Harold and the Boys. Uh, Greg Ayers was fantastic. We we saw him. We loved him. Too tall. Mm. <laughs> You're supposed to play the kid. You're too tall. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm in the show, and yes, the other guy is taller than you, but you're taller than me. Yeah. You know. So we kept having auditions, and we kept looking at other people, and we finally hired Greg. And, and I've learned to suck it up and just say, oh, I'm – I can be all kinds of different people. Sure. Um, I just got called back for Othello not long ago, and I went to callbacks, and every guy, my Iagos, were all towering <laughs> over me. Yeah. And I was like, but in this storyline, I need to be a physical threat to him. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in order for this story to work the way it's supposed to work, I need to have that. So I came in with that. And it was cracking me up because it's so not who I am, but that's who the character needed to be. So I just went there, and they kept me on hold for the longest. And I was like, wow, that's got to be testament to, <laughs> to me doing something, something right. right sure. and, and what, well, sure, yeah, obviously, you know, you're a great talent, but if they know, when they call you back, they know who you are. They know your size, they know your height, mm-hmm. they know all of this stuff. So, well, so I'm saying in that mm-hmm. instance, I was lucky. In that instance, it wasn't about somebody else's bias, it was about mine. Sure. And going, oh, I need to let that go. <laughs> well, yeah, as an actor, you know, you just you walk into an audition. You go. I need to be their answer, yeah. and it may yeah. not be their vision. Good but I need but to be you the just answer. do your. You know, you do the work. Mm-hmm. You come in totally prepared. I know what I'm doing. This is how I play the role. They yeah. can change how you're playing it, right. but go. Wow, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, and it's yeah. taken a long time too for me to just go. Okay, I'm not their vision. Yeah, and right. Right. that they're losing out. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, by the time we finished that process, I was like, I would have so much fun doing this role, and I think yeah. the audience would love me. Oh, well. But your question was as a director, and yes. that's the thing for me as a director is I don't want to get stuck in, oh, it has to be this or it has to be that, especially once I start seeing the people who come in the room. Because mm-hmm. for me, the big thing is callbacks. You know, the first call is really just, you know, who do we need to see? You know, what's the community that we're dealing with? Let's, let's check this out. Mm-hmm. Callbacks for me is who can I put together? Who's really making yeah, this Yeah, who meshes? Work? With, you know, and when I together, get yeah. somebody who's older than I thought the character should be with somebody who's younger than I thought his character should be, and I think about it, and I'm like, you know what? There's nothing in the script that gets in the way of this, and this will actually bring a beautiful energy to this. And that's what I'm looking for is mm-hmm. what's going to give me the, the most juice. I want an audience sitting there going, why 
had a day. In fact, I've had I've had reviews of shows mm-hmm. where it's like, don't know why we did a Julius Caesar a long time ago, um, and we cast a woman as Mark Antony. Don't know why they cast a woman as Mark Antony, but she was the best thing in the show. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's your answer. There you go. And I was on the production team for that, so I wasn't the director. We were bringing a director in, and I called and I said, "Who's directing this?" Um. I just saw a woman that I think we want for this. Oh, okay. Well, you can let – and I was told, you can let him know. I was like, cool. I just needed permission. And I called him and I said, so what do you think about casting? Are you thinking about some cross-gender stuff? What are you thinking about? And he was thinking, what's the other character, Cassius? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, no, Cassius is a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, because in the play, um, Brutus and Cassius need to get into a physical right. – they don't mm-hmm. quite get into it, but they need to seem like they're going to get into a physical altercation. If I'm an audience and this guy starts coming at this woman like he's about to kick her ass, that's a different story. That's right. Different that's if very you want to tell that story, fine, but that's not the story I would want to tell with that. On the other hand, Mark Antony never gets into it with anybody. Exactly. Smart they yeah. threaten Mark Antony, and Mark Antony <laughs> yeah. says, no problem. And Cassius sort of bosses uh, Brutus around, trying yeah. to manipulate him. Yeah. Having a woman do that, that changes the texture. It changes the tenor. It, it could be it – it's doable, and I, I thought about it. I was like, it's doable, but boy, the Mark Antony. Oh, yeah. I was in love with that idea, and like oh, I yeah. said, it, was, it got at least one review that mentioned – they all mentioned her. One mm-hmm. said specifically, I don't know why they cast a woman in this. Like, <laughs> you you just it. answered your own question. Exactly. I, didn't, I didn't cast any Romans either. Yeah. You're not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it gets into the philosophy of theater. Like, why do we have theater as far as a producer's concerned? Mm-hmm. You can either give the people what they've always had, sort of like, you know, fast food. You know, you go to mm-hmm. Burger King, you're going to get burgers. Or you can blow people's mind. You can change the way they yeah. think. Well, we have that with this production of Irma to bring it back oh, around. Yes, yes. We yes. have that with this production of Irma Vep. Yeah. Every production, as far as we are aware, every professional production has mm-hmm. been two men. Right. The only requirement for casting is that it must be two actors of the same gender. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they want that gender bend. Right. They want right. Right. Th- and there's no way to do it actually with one man and one woman and have it w- work out. It, do- it doesn't yeah. work out. And it's, right. and it's very interesting. Uh, Mike really wanted us to play the characters as much as we could in all of this broad comedy. Mm-hmm. But he said it when he's seen this production mm-hmm. done, a lot of times when men play women, mm-hmm. it's very much a drag show. It can't right. be. Sure. And they're using their falsetto. Right. And even, you know, I've seen kids like, I'm a girl and I walk like this. Right. And they make right. a big deal out of the fake <laughs> boobs. And they make a big right. deal out of yeah, that. Yeah, and, and a, yeah. there's a lot of like, there's in the productions we've seen, there's uh, there's a mummy, there's like Ludlum, naked. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that, that was, was kind of that was Charles yeah. it was, and that was huge in 1984. Right. And it came out but and dressing <laughs> and, sure, and, yeah. and it was amazing. Right. But yeah. you know, there's like a woman with fake bare breasts, and right. we're like, well, yeah. we're not, we're doing, not that. doing that. I, I reminded <laughs> of, <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember the movie Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, yes. Julia yes. Newmar. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Wesley Snipes and Swayze and John Leguizamo was in drag. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. When women play men, usually they just play a character. They play. It's not. It's not campy. Right. And we don't have to make the women t- terribly campy either right. because, well, because there we are, are women. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean that they aren't campy. There but is like plenty of camp. Julie <laughs> Andrews and Victor Victoria. Right. She's right. wonderful, Victor. And yeah. yes, just she fabulous. Is. And, and, you Victor? know, 
Victor. <laughs> Victor. <laughs> That's right. Victor. There's a lot of Victors. There's a lot of Victors in our yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, but it's, again, with broad comedy, though, like, when I play the man, it he's so broad and mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. uh, lascivious, I think. I, I, think, think. He's, I think my guy is terribly broad, and it's yes. like, I think, actually, it's not coming across nearly as broad <laughs> as I think I'm making it, oh, you know, uh-huh. because... Because in my brain, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And occasionally, you guys have to play husband and wife, right? Yes, yeah. yes, we are. I am her husband. Oh, yes. there you go. Yes, yes. it's yes. very fun. I love you so much. <laughs> oh, how fun. So excited when he comes home from the heath. <laughs> And the, the jeweler. The <laughs> mystery <laughs> of Irma Vep. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we've hit the hour mark. Shout-outs, birthdays. I'm trying to get it. My Mine? So funny. Dana Lewenthal. Dana so Lewenthal has hey. a birthday. Happy birthday, Yay. Dana. Hi. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Today? Uh, no, the 20th. Uh-huh. Well, okay. Well, we'll hit you, we'll we'll we, present we, you we now you. and and you know okay. later on. I think we jumped the gun there, Alicia. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. If you, I can go ahead. Go for it. Yeah. I'm Don Hardwick. Uh, today yeah, is his and birthday. And that's the other thing; it'll keep me from stealing. <laughs> all the it's, it's okay. Don Hardwick. Uh, I've acted with him and Candide. <clears throat> Uh, at the DMT, and also he is one of the founders of the Playwright Center for San Francisco, uh, which does um, – they work with uh, budding writers and actors uh, at the uh, Shelton Theater. Um, so in any case, his birthday is today. Happy birthday. Um, I have Michelle DeCaney. I'm trying to remember where to remember Michelle DeCaney from. I don't know, but it's her birthday today. Marty Pistone, his birthday is on Monday. Marty is a fight coordinator – uh, just like Durand, and mm. also he is a weapons coordinator. Ooh, I've worked with awesome. him with Off Broadway West, and uh, let's see here, um, Ellen Marsh, uh, who I think is on doing Broadway. She is a uh, oh. composer. I think she's a composer, but uh, I acted with her um, with uh, during Rave Light Theater, and her birthday is Tuesday. So that's an example of someone who came from the Bay Area and who's made it big time. There have been a couple of them. On Tuesday also is Bert Van Alsberg, and Bert yeah. is a <laughs> long-time uh, – he's My a stage manager, he's an actor, <laughs> <laughs> he is a, um, a set builder, um, set designer. Mm-hmm. He's worked with a lot of companies. I've met with him. We did the uh, the San Francisco Fringe Festival. Have you guys ever did the Fringe Festival no. before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool thing, and also I've worked with him on Off-Broadway West. So his birthday is on Tuesday. And let's see. Michael Anderberg, I knew him as Mike Berg. Uh, he is also a set designer. He was a set designer. I think mm. he's in he's in um, Sacramento now, but he uh, used to work with um, Linda Ayers Frederick at the Phoenix Theater, the oh. old Phoenix oh, yeah. Theater, when it was at Geary Street. Right. Uh, and that's it. That's all I have. Okay. Uh, Angela Nordstrom, um, wonderful stage manager. Uh, Nola Meacham is somebody I worked with at the uh, Livermore Shakes. Cool. Michael Asbury, one of my favorite actors in the Bay. Uh, Ron Muriera, who is no longer really an actor, he is the um, arts consultant for San Jose. He is on a he's on wow. all kinds of committees and commissions down there. Super cool. Yeah, and he's, in fact, he sent us a message saying, "Let me know if you guys need any help." I'm like, <laughs> "Sure, help us out." Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen King, who is also down there. Uh, Leon Gortson. As a wonderful Bay Area actor, Don, you got Ezra Bristow is um, 
young actor and dancer that I just met a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and he works with me up at the East Bay Center for Performing Arts. Nice. Kathleen Antonia, who is um, theater. Oh, yes. Kathleen Antonia Tar. We got to get her back on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I met her, gosh, 15, 18 years ago, I think. Well, Hi, now Kathleen. she's like super athlete. She's yeah. She just keeps... Wow. Doing stuff. Um, who else? Uh, Rico Anderson uh, was uh, somebody I went to college with, and now he's down in L.A. Uh, Anthony Clairvaux, playwright, wonderful playwright. I got to work with him most recently with uh, Stage Bridge. Um, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, he does their playwriting program, and I've gotten to do a few performances with him. Kind of enjoying him. My uh, both my both my kids worked with Stage Bridge in Stage Bridge, Stage Bridge in um, elementary, elementary school. school. Yeah, they work with kids. They had they had um, uh, storytellers. Oh, nice! Yeah. Yes, they had yeah. a whole storytelling program, and my my daughter ended up on one of the local cable access shows for telling a story. <laughs> uh, ben Tucker, uh, mm -hmm. older African American actor. Um, Bert, you got Kelly Crump. When I did um, Scapegoat, uh, which I did through Playground, uh, when we first did it as a workshop, I did it with Kelly, and then. They ended up hiring me to direct it, which was like, that was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, and Kelly was working, I think, at the time at the Magic in their box office, so she wouldn't do big projects because she couldn't take the time off. Mm. Mm. It's one of those things where somebody gets in theater and they start doing one thing and they don't get to do the thing they love. Yeah. Right. Um, David Acevedo runs a small, I'm not even sure what the name of it is. It's in San Francisco, a small company mm. just on the edge of Chinatown. Um, wonderful little company. And Lloyd Vance, those are my birthdays for the week. Right Happy on. birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, it was a big list. <laughs> March was busy month. Yeah. So, <laughs> sh shows, um, Everyday Alice is still running. Utopia. One more day. Yeah. One more day. Uh, that's right. Tomorrow is the end of no, that. No, tonight is the end. Oh, I'm sorry. Tonight. Yeah, today is the ninth. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> You're in the show, and uh, Marissa Wanless is uh, directing that. She was also a, a guest on the Yay. Also, The Mystery of Irma Vep, Role Players Ensemble, uh, running from April the 12th to the 28th. And we'll have a link to that, so you can click on that, find out about the show, and cool. buy a ticket. Thank you. Come yeah. see us. Come see, see us, please. Absolutely. Also, um, it is yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn Bridge is uh, playing. That's uh, at the Town Hall Theater, February twenty eighth through March the twenty second. Something about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, oh shucks, what is his name? Um, well, Tom Riley. He was on the show. You remember uh -huh. the uh, older gentleman? Yeah. Of course, Tom. You know him. He yeah. was our Abe Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln. And yeah, that's right. Terrence is in it too. That's the name I was thinking about. Terrence Smith. Oh right, you did mention that. Yeah. Okay. And he's going to be a guest. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great videos. Tell online. him I said hi. Absolutely. So um, Brooklyn Bridge, that'll be February 28th through March 22nd. I don't know too much about the play. It sounds like um, it just reminds me of Rent. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. um, La Ronde is playing at the Cutting Ball Theater mm -hmm. um, March the 14th through April the 14th. Is Janae in that? Janae. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Janae Simon, someone I've wanted to come on to the yay, but she's been so busy. But in any case, that's, those are the shows that I have. Um, and I'm doing a reading of a new play, A Game of Dominoes, and that'll be tomorrow at 6 o'clock Sunday um, at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts. Cool. Um, and Craig Dickerson, who right on. spends a lot of time around here, um, <laughs> yes, is, is he's playing been on the, the father the, yeah. in it. It's a father and daughter mm -hmm. uh, piece um, 
where dominoes is just the way that they can communicate with each other. Interesting, oh, interesting. Cool. Which wow. is funny because Craig knows nothing about playing dominoes, <laughs> and the script is full of it, like scoring. We had to yeah. stop and talk about scoring, and there's a whole moment, there's a phone call where uh, the sisters are talking on the phone, mm-hmm. and she's um, saying, well, what do you call a pile of dominoes? And she doesn't know. The sister tries to make it up. And she's mm. like, no, no, no. Never mind. It's called a bone pile. Yep. And so then later she makes a joke about a bone pile, and the sister is kind of offended. Oh, my gosh. No, it's dominant. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a yeah. fun piece. So, yeah. yeah, that'll be tomorrow, and it's free. Right on. How's Are that? you doing anything with um, Playground? Because usually you're always doing something with Playground. I can't do Playground because yeah. I'm starting Monday. I'm starting an after-school program at mm-hmm. a Catholic school. Oh, nice. So I'll be doing that for the rest of the spring. Yeah. And, and I sent them a message. I was like, I get done at 430 in San Francisco. There is no way I can be in Berkeley by 5 o'clock. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's kind of a physical yeah. impossibility. Yeah. Alicia, how's your business doing? You told us that you uh, do you booking for Disney, I, right? I am a travel agent. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and I'm coming up on two years. Um, with Pixie Vacations. Already? Already? I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you. She's fabulous. Um, I love it. I do mm-hmm. more than just Disney. Um, that's what it says on the back of my business card, actually. <laughs> more than just Disney. Yeah. Um, I started out specializing in Disney, but now I've moved on to um, cruise lines and all-inclusive resorts. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I work with sandals and beaches in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And so all sorts of different travel, and I love it. Yeah. Well, if you have a link that people want I to, because, you know, folks need, want to go on vacations and, you know. Yeah, so. absolutely. So um, you can either go to www.pixievacations, with an S, dot com, mm-hmm. um, and you can email me at alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, at pixievacations.com. <laughs> yep, I'll put that on there, a uh, uh, link. Cool. I've, I've got to ask you, Dana, what, what is your day job? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Dana does lots of things. Dana does lots of things. Well, I always say my first job is being a mommy, so yeah. I have right two on. children and yeah. my home and my husband, um, but I do have a part-time job that I started five and a half years ago. It's called Leading Lady Delights. Okay. So it's um, baking and confections Ah. out of my home. Mm -hmm. I have a cottage food license. Nice. And I brought dark chocolate fudge. That's right. Which I have in my hand right now. I love Uh, dark chocolate. I've been enjoying throughout. (laughs) Fabulous. Everything's made uh, to order. So it's all fresh. One person has touched your food, which I think Mm -hmm. is really fantastic in our Unique, environment yeah. mm-hmm. sure. and so start to finish it's just me and i think about the person when i make their fudge or mm-hmm. dark chocolate cake or every mm-hmm. so often she allows me to come in and help her with the packaging mm-hmm. i get to hold the bag while she puts the food <laughs> in it she's really I, handy i love it <laughs> yeah she, well she was because i get to eat the scraps super <laughs> handy this last uh, december i had rotator cuff surgery yeah. so Ooh, i brought in a whole troop of people for the christmas season yeah so that I could get the business. I'm glad you have good business. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you've got a good business. Do you have yeah. a link? You should I email do. me a link. I will. It's real easy. Uh, LeadingLadyDelights. LeadingLadyDelights.com. Yeah, I'll send okay. you a link. And Pinky Travels. Pixie. Pixie, Pixie Travels. PixieTravels.com. I'll remember that. Think pixie dust. Yes. <laughs> Ladies, did, did you guys have a good time? Yes. Oh, it was wonderful. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. Much. So awesome. happy to see you again. It goes so quick. And I, and I got to see Alicia on one of our days <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are sick of each other, so that's a good thing. It was like a day and a half. I have so much to tell you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you would think, because we talked to each other the whole drive there, the whole time.
I'll drive back. And yet today it was like, oh, I have stuff to tell you. Oh, <laughs> this is awesome. That's fantastic. Thank you. That and is. thank you for writing and saying, hey, can we come on the yay yes. and promote this thing? Because that's what we want to do. Yes. So, yeah, that please is, come see our actually. Show. Yeah. All right. You can find the yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. Um, any app that you use to listen to your podcast. I actually, uh, there was a news uh, thing this week where I think one out of four people are listening to podcasts. More yes. people are listening yes. to podcasts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. I heard that story. Yeah. So good I for us. I was surprised. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, so of course you're listening to this, but you can tell your friends, you know, any podcast app that you have, just search for the, you'll find us. Uh, if you look, if you listen to your podcast on a desktop or a laptop, you can go on iTunes. Click on your iTunes app, use the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for the A, and you'll find us. For Android users, you can go on SoundCloud.com or use the SoundCloud app and search for the A. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. (laughs) You can find me at Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Ladies, (laughs) do you have um, an Instagram, Snapchat, any of those things? Uh, yeah, Instagram, I'm uh, Leading Lady Delights, and okay. Facebook, it's Dana Lewenthal. Cool. And actually, I have Disney Tip Mama mm-hmm. on both Instagram and Facebook, and then I also have on Facebook, I have A Bon Voyage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, mm-hmm. like, A Bon Voyage, but with a V. Bon, yes. Or bon Google. Google, not, yes, of course. It's not, no, it's not, bon Voyage. Yeah. Not, mm. no, bon, that was, that bon was Bon Voyage. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. A Bon Voyage and a Disney Tip Mama. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we've got to find a better sign-off. And we are out.